Well, hey, uh, my name is Dylan. Uh, if we've not had the opportunity to meet, um, I serve here as the student pastor. Um, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, I told y'all that I got the uh, youth pastor call, right? Where the night before uh, Sunday, I got the text at seven o'clock, Chan saying, hey man, I'm sick, you're up, right? Um, and so if you uh, remember, I said seven o'clock was when he texted me. Well, this morning I'm preaching and you know what I did? I texted Chan at seven o'clock last night and I said, hey man, I'm not feeling good. And uh, I just kind of like played into it a little bit. Um, he, he said, uh, um, I think I got him a little bit. I think he was a little worried. He was kicked back on his couch, got the text, and uh, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> I got to go write a message. Um, and so I just had to mess with him. He said, he told me, he said, um, if I was an old man and I had a heart condition, you would have given me a heart attack. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm thankful for Chan. I'm thankful for his heart. Um, I'm thankful for the teaching team that he has uh, put together and allowed for uh, us young guys, because Chan's getting old, you know? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anytime I can just like, I, I show my love to people by giving them a hard time, right? Um, and so um, I, uh, you know, I'm just thankful for him and giving us these opportunities to, uh, to teach and um, to allow us to uh, use the gifts that God has given us, but um, God allowing Chan to, to help uh, grow us in, uh, in the leadership that he is, uh, he's ha had and has, is still um, uh, producing here at the church, so super thankful uh, for him. This morning, we are in week five of our um, series, Unity, and uh, this morning, we are going to be uh, talking about unity in serving, unity in serving. So if you want to go ahead and open up uh, your Bibles to Mark, Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 43, 44, and 45 reads as follows. Jesus here is speaking to his disciples, uh, speaking to his people about what it looks like to serve others. So, verse 43, Jesus says, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, here's our, our, our main scripture our, our dri that was driving this message. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, when we give Jesus his rightful place as Lord of our lives, his lordship will be expressed in the way that we serve others. My earliest memory of someone modeling what it looked like to serve within the church um, was my parents. My parents, um, they, 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 they led a Sunday school class. They were always serving in vacation Bible school. Basically, any time there were opportunities to serve, you better bet my parents were there and they were serving on some, you know, some sort of capacity, right? And so for me, I saw that. They, they, they modeled that for me, and I wanted to take part in that. And so I remember, though, at a young age, serving kind of became this mixed bag of emotions for me. So I, I stepped into serving in some different areas um, that were appropriate for my age at the time. And, and then later in my teenage years, I, would, I, would, I, I began to see uh, serving as kind of this way to, to manage God. I saw serving as, as kind of like this volume knob that 
if, if I could just serve more or the more that I served, it was, it was kind of me, I, I could kind of control God's opinion of me by the way that I served and, and the good things that I did. You know, I could kind of amplify God's opinion of me if I would just do more good things. And so I remember later in my teenage years, um, I, I began to see serving as kind of a way to atone for my sins. The exchange rate was something like just one act of service would cover one sin that I committed. I mean, looking back, I didn't know it at the time, but what I was really doing was I was exchanging Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for the quality of my service. And, and, and see, the problem, the problem for me was I was really just serving because my parents served. And my relationship with the Lord hadn't really become personal yet. And, and, and I, had, I was just kind of serving for my own reasons. And really and truly, I just had a really, I just had a lack of understanding, I'll say it that way, of what true biblical servanthood looked like. And so this morning, my prayer is that when we walk out of these walls, that we would leave with a clear biblical understanding of what it looks like to serve others, to have a biblical understanding of what it means to serve others in the name of Jesus that is gospel-centered and done so to glorify God. And see, this morning, you may be here and, and you're already serving um, within different ministries here at the Ridge. You may be a part of, of, of Ridge Kids or, or Ridge Students or uh, journey, being a journey group leader or uh, serving in the parking lot or uh, uh, First Impressions you may already be serving, and, and you may have in the past, you've served someone uh, um, um, kind of spontaneously. You, you, you served someone uh, food, or, or maybe you, you put some up in a, someone up in a hotel that didn't have a place to stay that night. However you may be currently serving or have served others in the past, listen, if you don't know why you are serving others, then you really just have a lame hobby. Okay, if we don't know why we are serving others, then we just have really lame hobbies. And so this morning, church, why? Why are you serving currently? Why have you served others? Or why aren't you serving others? And so this morning, that's what we're going to answer is the why. Why are we called to serve? See, because I believe that, that the why, it creates urgency. It creates motivation if we can understand the why behind what we're doing. And let me just be honest. This is not a come and, and a hear kind of message. Come and hear and that's it. This is a come and do kind of message. Because here's, here, here, here's the truth. is that this, this is a message that's challenging us, calling us as the body of Christ to get off our butts and to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because you know what? There's work to be done. If you're still here and you're breathing and you're alive, there's work to be done. As a follower of Jesus, Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, Matthew 28, what did he say? Go and make disciples, right? So what does that tell us? That tells us, we are not called to be consumers. 
We are called to be reproducers, right? We are called to reproduce. And see, when our why is informed by a biblical understanding of servanthood, that is, that is done so in Jesus' name and is gospel-centered, it changes everything. It changes our life. It changes the way that we view people. And, and let me just, again, let me, again, just, just be, just be transparent. This is not a sales pitch, okay? Chan talked about at the end, it's gonna come up and give us some opportunities. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's, that's a part of it. There, there, is a, there is a call for us to respond but this isn't a sales pitch. This isn't a sales pitch to get you to serve in the, in the places that need people. See, because we don't want people just filling a position. People are, we are called as the body of Christ to serve others that's motivated by the why. Like, why are we called to serve others? And, and, and here's, here's the truth. We are either laboring for God, or we are either, we are laboring for our own selfish reasons, which really just kind of, kind of goes counter to what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying in a, in a sense that we really are already serving someone literally all the time. But the question is, who are you serving? Self? Because most of the time we're just pouring time and energy into ourselves and happiness into ourself. But God calls us to so much greater than that. He says, serve others. Serve others, not self. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says that no one can serve two masters. So we're either laboring for God or we're laboring for a totally different master. And see, Really, we will always serve who we see as the king of the kingdom. The question is, is are you the king of your kingdom or is God the king of his kingdom? And so biblical servanthood requires us to prefer others over ourselves, to sacrifice willingly, to lay down our lives for others and to pour our time and our energy that could have been used for us, but to benefit others. Biblical servanthood requires us to direct our focus outward. And see, when we do that, it imitates Jesus. We are imitating Christ who served others to the point of death for our sins. And see, all the different ways that, that we can serve others, there are tons of different ways to serve people. Now, it, may, it may be within the church, within the, 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 the body of Christ, or outside the, the, the body of Christ. In whatever ways we are serving others, the goal is the same. The goal is the same. This is the goal. This is the one-liner. The one takeaway is this, if you're taking notes. We serve others to glorify God and to magnify the gospel to the benefit of of others. See, serving God as a grateful response to the gospel is the calling of every single believer. Biblical servanthood, 
which is just, just means the condition of being a servant, is a response to a holy God's forgiveness of our sins. All of our service for God is done because, excuse me, it begins and ends with service from God. We serve others because God served us, right? And we don't serve for salvation. We serve from our salvation, right? We, we, we don't serve to, to replace the gospel. Serving is intended to magnify the gospel. And our serving is just simply evidence of our faith. It's an outworking. It's the evidence that Christ has changed me. So this morning, this is going to be a seven-point sermon. I've got seven points for us if you're taking notes. First point is this. We serve to glorify God. We serve to glorify God, simply put. See, God is, is the creator of everything. He is the creator of the universe. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created. So he is the king. He is the one that all glory belongs. Creation was literally brought into existence to ascribe to God his glory, to show his greatness. And in all the, in, 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 at God and his creation, the psalmist in Psalm 96, he writes this heartfelt just, just explanation of the unique majesty of God. He, he, he urges us to ascribe to God the glory that he deserves. He, God, in the beginning, with just a word, formed a universe of, of incomplete, inconceivable complexity, right? His majesty, his glory, his power stands unmatched. His perfection is not limited by time nor space. Every created thing, us, man included, is crippled by limitations, is, is contaminated by sin, not God. God also demonstrates his very glory by accomplishing our eternal salvation through Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. He became our substitute and paid the penalty that we deserved. God, only God, the, the very definition of power and glory deserves all of our worship. Which brings me to my next point that servanthood is worship. See, because if God were not both glorious in his character and works, where would be the joy in serving him, right? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul, he gives us the very definition of what worship is. He says that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, as a response to his glory, we reflect, we seek to reflect that glory back to him through our service. Because it's not the, the, the outward uh, task that defines our worship. It's the inward devotion to God and the desire to glorify him. That's what worship is. Christian servanthood, being a servant, is worship in action. 
Number three, appreciation for God motivates my service. See, we can serve others effectively. When we recognize who God is, who we are, and what he has done for us. Because our sin, and it just makes us rebellious outlaws who are deserving of God's just wrath. If you're taking notes, until we grasp what we are, we will never be able to recognize what we need. And that's a savior. See, because like a man nailed to the cross, we are utterly unable to serve our way into God's favor. Salvation comes only as a gift, never as a payment for our service. There's no service that we could ever perform for God or for man that would equal just a fraction of the service that he, Jesus, paid for, served for us on the cross. There's no, fraction, there's no fraction of our service that could ever equal that service. You see, the good news of the gospel is that what was impossible with man is possible with God. And then really, our service is this simple. If you're taking notes, serving is then just an overflow of our love and our devotion to God because of his love and devotion to us. The more that we appreciate God, I believe the more that we adore and we recognize who God is, the more that we will have a desire to step out of our comfort zone and to serve others because Jesus served us. Number four, Jesus is our example. We just read about it in, in verse 45, that Jesus was the ultimate servant because he laid down his life for us so that me, we may have eternal life. And so a disciple of Jesus is one who models his life, everything after Jesus. Jesus came to serve, so then we should serve. And I said this a few weeks ago, serving, or excuse me, following Jesus is, 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 not a, is, is a call to self-denial. It's not a call to self-fulfillment because it's not about us anymore. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And following Jesus is radical. It's countercultural. It goes against our flesh. It goes against the world. It goes against our culture. Jesus made some radical claims. He made some radical claims. Here are a few. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find. He says, it's better to give than to receive. He says that if you want to be first, you have to take last place and be the servant of everyone else. But see, without an ascended and an exalted Jesus, our serving would be impossible. True biblical servanthood would be impossible. 
But because we have an ascended and exalted Jesus, he empowers our service through the Holy Spirit. Jesus' exaltation means that we, that he empowers us to serve like we were originally created to serve. Number five is serving in the local church. See, God's people are brought together, are are brought together to glorify God through localized, uh, unified expressions of faith that display God's plan of salvation. Peter, he writes to believers in 1 Peter chapter four. He says, live like Christians. Live like you were called to live. He says, submit to one another by using the gifts that God has given you. See, our giftings need the local church, the, the, the one another, the context of one another in order to bring benefit to others. Christ's love for his body and care for his body should be our love and care for others, Christ's body. And and, and see, within the church, within the local church, we serve one another as an effort to increase our unity. That's what this, this, this whole series is about, increasing our unity as believers, as disciples of Jesus. The local church is also where where believers are equipped for ministry. Uh, Paul, he writes to to the, uh, the Ephesians when he says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their, listen, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, and to build up the church, the body of Christ. See, so often we can have this mindset that, look, I'm just one of the people of the church. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the leader. You know, that's what the pastor's called to do. That's what one of the leaders, they should do that. I'm not really, gonna, I'm not really good at that. I'm not gonna do it. The pastor should do it. The pastor should do this. The leader should do this, et cetera, et cetera. And we can place just kind of this lower expectation on ourselves. We, we, can, we can place this lower expectation saying, this doesn't apply to me. But Paul, he says, look, the, 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 the shepherds, the, the leaders, the pastors are given to help shepherd God's people to do the work of ministry, to do the work of serving others. This tells us that we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. It may look different than that person, but it doesn't matter. We all have a part to play. And see, we also, we need the local church, us gathered together to help encourage us, to grow us in our abilities to serve others, to serve one another, and then to go out and serve those who are lost and dying and in desperate need of Jesus. Think about this. How can we build the body of Christ if we are not actively committed and sincerely participating in the local church? Like, if we cannot care and take care and serve one another, our church family, 
How can we go out and serve others? How can we bring others into a divided and a dysfunctional family if we can't even serve one another? Generally speaking, the local church um, provides two forms or, or two position, uh, positions of, of serving. These are the two, structured opportunities and spontaneous opportunities. So a, a structured opportunity would be something like this. Um, a, a journey group leader, um, you know, here within this local body, a journey group leader, uh, someone serving in Ridge Kids or Ridge Students or First Impressions or, uh, or First Fruits or, or in the parking lot. Basically, a structured opportunity is anything that involves structure and that's, that's scheduled. It's, it's kind of a, uh, a formalizing of, of a couple of different positions. And so the other one is spontaneous, and Chan mentioned that. These are really just any opportunities, anything that God gives us when we are just living our life for him that are not structured and are not formalized. Something like writing an encouraging letter for someone, uh, uh, serving someone a meal. These are random acts that just come because we're living our lives for Jesus. Uh, holding the door open for someone at the grocery store. Stopping to pray for someone that, that needs prayer that you just randomly walked into. But see, we all have different gifts. We all are placed in different opportunities every single day, whether at our workplace or in, in, in the grocery store or whatever it may be. See, we're all placed in different situations. And I believe that's what makes up the body of Christ. There are unique things that happen within the body of Christ. But the goal is that we all act in unity no matter what those look like. Because really, it goes back to the main point of this message that's driving this. While all our ser uh, serving opportunities may look different, there may be different opportunities we're faced with, the goal is the same, to glorify God and to magnify the gospel to the benefit of others. See, the worship is the same in our hearts. It's just different in expression. But all of this is done to increase our unity. Number six, going beyond the walls. See, I see the local church as, as kind of like this launching pad that, that we as God's people come together and then it launches us to go into a world that's messy, that needs Jesus. And see, as we, as we seek to carry the love of Christ and the message of the gospel to those who, who so desperately need it, sometimes it's outside of the walls of the church. It, it goes beyond just the walls of the church. Whether that's a structured opportunity or whether that's just a spontaneous opportunity. And see, when, when naturally selfish human beings, which is all of us in here, when naturally selfish human beings behave as biblical servants, it draws attention to God and it shows and demonstrates that his love changes hearts. His grace changes hearts. Here's, here's the deal. Serving, according to the Bible, is a lifestyle. It's a constant activity. It's something that we are called to do as full-time servants. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's not about turning the light switch on and off. But see, 
serving others. It's, it's kind of like Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. Neither one is convenient. And neither one demonstrates the easy route. But it must be done. Number seven. Our final point, and this is where the challenge comes in. Be the church. Be the church. See, nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture do we see this concept of just attending church, of, of, of just coming, just sitting, just hearing, just consuming, and then you leave and that's it. We don't see that in Scripture. We're called to be the church. We're called to be the church. And see, in this life, you know, un un unfortunately, this can be kind of hard for us because we are so used to attending and leaving. You know, we, we grow, go to the grocery store. I keep using that. I don't know. I got groceries on the line, I guess. I don't know. We go to the grocery store. We attend, and then we leave. We get what we need to, to get, and we're done. That's it. But see, serving as the church, serving others as the church, being the church, we can't just turn this light switch on and turn the light switch off because we just go into the grocery store. You're still the church even at the grocery store, right? You're still the church even at your workplace where you're called to so much more. And listen, how can you say you're a disciple of Jesus how can you say that if you only attend church? How? Because the purpose of church is to not just attend. It's where family happens. It's where we are equipped to go out. Think about this for a minute. Think about how a family operates. Your family right now, think about it. How your family operates, right? Everyone in the family has a role to play. Everyone carries a portion of the load, right? I was thinking about um, our family, me, Courtney, and our little girl, Rylan. You know, currently, I get up, go to work. Courtney gets up, stays at home, works a job from home, takes care of our, our little girl. I come home from work. I may help cook dinner. She may help clean up. I may uh, help uh, clean the house or, or whatever. Sometimes we may just do it together. Think about this. If I said, I'm gonna get up today and Courtney, you're gonna serve me and I'm not gonna go to work. You're gonna go to work. You're gonna take care of Rylan. You're gonna cook. You're gonna clean. You're gonna do everything. I probably, first off, probably wouldn't still be married. She would kick me out, kick me to the curb, right? But like the concept here, think about this. I have a role to play in my family. Courtney has a role to play in our family. And Rylan, she, she's, we're, she's learning. We're serving her, let's say that. She, we're serving her right now, right? We're, we're, we're raising her. But, but think about this. You can't say that this is your family and that this is your church if all you ever do is act like a guest. You never help with chores, so to speak. 
and we just do everything for you. Listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Please hear my heart. Please hear the love for the church in this. If you're a guest this morning, we're glad that you're here. We, we, we love you. We're seriously, genuinely grateful that you're here. But listen, the expectation is that you not stay a guest forever. If this is where God is calling you to be, to plant your feet, our expectation is that you go from being a guest to a member of the family at some point. And then that may look different for everybody. The season may look different. Some people may have to take longer than others. That's okay, but we can't just stay a guest long-term. We're called to be a member of the family. And listen, if we can shift our mindsets from this, it changes everything. You will see the church acting as it, is, as it was created to be, to intended the way that God created it to be. They were all playing a part in the body of Christ. That's why it's called the body of Christ, not the arm of Christ. They're all different parts of the body that make up the body as a whole. And see, listen, God never intended for church to, to be this once a week buffet that you come and you, 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 you feed on, you get full on, and you just exist off of for the week. That's not what it was created to be or to do. It's supposed to be sanctified and growing and teaching us. We should be spurred on with new growth because we come together, because it's a personal relationship with God. There's parts that we play. And listen, listen, this is not me saying that if this is you or if this is your view of church, of being the church, then get out. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear that. What I am saying is this is a challenge. This is an opportunity to grow. This is me saying you're missing the core of what being the church is all about. If this is your view and this is where you stay forever. This is an invitation deeper into what it means to be the church. We aren't created to just consume. We're created to be reproducers. And listen, this is, here's, here's a point if you want to write this down. At some point, to be a part of a family, you stop acting like a guest and you start acting like a member of the family. Let me tell a story to help this all make sense. Um, so I have a friend named Jared. Some of y'all may know Jared. Um, when we were first getting to know Jared, when Jared would show up to our house, he would knock at the door, right? Knock at the door, he would come in. We would um, say, hey, it's time for dinner. Jared would sit down. I may even pull the chair out for him. I didn't really do that. But um, he, he would sit down um, and we would serve him his plate, right? He's our guest. We served him his dinner. Uh, if he wanted more food, which is always the case, um, he would, uh, he, we would put more food on his plate. If he wanted something to drink, Hey, we'll get him something to drink. If, if, if he needs more water, we're gonna fill his cup, right? Jared was our guest and we served him like our guest. But only for a little while. You know why? Because Jared went from being a guest to a part of the family. He went from being a guest to now a member of our family. 
And um, the other day, we, we, we showed up um, to the house. We invited Jared over to the house. And we pull in, because he, he, he beat us there. He got there before us. We pull in, and Jared is pulled in Courtney's parking spot, right? We, 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 we get out. We, we, we walk in. All the lights are on in our house. We, we walk in, and I look through the window. Jared is kicked back on our couch, y'all. He's kicked back, hands behind his, his head like he owned the place. You know what? I loved that. I loved that. Because Jared was not just our guest. This was his home now, right? This is where he felt that this is his place. And, and, and listen, Jared, he understood the assignment. He understood that I only remain a guest for a season. There's more for me. There's, there's, there's more for me to do and to be a part of. And see, there is a place for a guest. There's a season, but it's not something that should be long-term. According to, to biblical servanthood, according to the Bible and, and what servanthood is, it's an attitude that we maintain. It's not something that we clock in and out of. If, 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 if Christ is in me, if Christ is in you as a disciple of Jesus, then serving becomes just a part of my life. It's something that I just live out every single day. It may look different than your friend. That's okay. It's something that I should model daily. John 3, it says that, I, that he must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. Listen, we, we, we sang about it, that Jesus paid it all. He did everything for me. So therefore I can serve others because of that. Because of his love for me, because he served me first on the cross. Genuine acts of godly love Genuine acts of service that's done so in the name of Jesus, that's gospel-centered, creates a unity that will come to perfection one day when Christ returns. What we do in this life really matters. There's purpose in it. And so my prayer as the Ridge Community Church that we would be a church that is unified, that is healthy, and that understands biblical serving. That's done so to glorify God and to magnify the gospel. And church, may we be able to say, along with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Church, this morning, I wanna lead us in a time of a uh, response. And uh, this response is, is simple. It's between you and God. Because at the end of the day, it's a personal relationship with him. And when we are committed and we are surrendered to him, he shows us and leads us into the specific areas that he wants us to go. And so what I want us to do, I want us just to take a moment. I want us to bow our heads. 
I want us to bow our heads and, and I, I want, this, is, this is the prayer. The prayer is this, God, from this message this morning, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to do? How are you calling me to serve others? is showing you, then what are you going to do about it? If God is leading you, then what are you going to do about it? Father, this morning, um, I pray that your church will be encouraged. pray that your church will be challenged. pray, Father, that we would get out of our comfort zones and we would reshape our mindsets our mindsets of serving is not aligned with scripture. Father, show us where we are to serve others, how we are to serve others, and how we are to live a lifestyle of serving others. Father, may this be a come and do kind of message that we leave here, not just being hearers, but Father, may we be doers of